All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Newbie Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It's good to have you here today. We actually started a minute early, believe it or not. It's amazing what can happen sometimes with technology and actually no issues today or for the most part, minimal issues. So I'm excited about that. Um, as we get into the show today, I don't want you to be shy. Join in the conversation, take advantage of this live stream and ask questions. You can comment and ultimately be part of the discussion at hand. It's certainly one of the primary benefits of the live stream. For those of you that are listening to the audio version after the fact, don't hesitate to follow us at Newbie Podcast, N-O-O-B-I-E Podcast. And uh, you can keep up to date with the upcoming live stream for the episodes. We usually do one to two a week. And then one other quick note, and we really haven't talked about it enough, but um, the Newbie Conference, N-O-O-B-I-E conference.com is a photography conference for new photographers coming up January 10th and 11th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, beautiful Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I live. Today, it's a little on the rainy side, so it's darker, but nonetheless, beautiful downtown Chattanooga, and it is geared toward new photographers. Uh, we're limiting it to 100 attendees, so you're going to want to sign up as soon as possible. In fact, registration uh, is ending December 1st, so make sure to get in with that 110 attendees. It's only $4.99, includes all classes, two days of classes, and uh, all of the shoots as well as the food. It's, it's actually a really great deal, so make sure to take advantage of that. NewbieConference.com for more details. And on that note, I want to introduce a brand new guest today. Jasmine and Jasmine, you know what? I actually meant to do this before we got started. I was going to ask you how to pronounce your last name correctly because I have people pronouncing my last name kind of weird as well. Will you let us all know? It's funny you say that. Um, I say Blaze okay. uh, because I am not French, uh, but the French way is like Blah. Blah. Okay, but you say yeah. Blaze yeah. because it's just simpler for everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's cooler. <laughs> fair enough. I do like, yeah, that. fair enough. I, I do like that. Okay, so we'll go with Jasmine Blaze. And Jasmine, will you just briefly introduce yourself to our audience before we get into the topic at hand today? Sure. So hi, everybody. Uh, I am a wedding photographer slash photo educator based out of uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, to be more specific. And I started uh, photography back in 2012 and then I dove into it in 2014 and shot my first wedding and uh, kind of never looked back from there so love it well okay so about 10 years in then congratulations on that yeah. as well thank you and for everybody live streaming with us or watching the live stream if you go to jcphotographysk.com we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com as well for reference, but you can see Jasmine's work there. And uh, by the way, Jasmine, beautiful work too. I, I, I've met so many photographers over the years, been in the industry for you know 20 plus years. I see a lot of photographic work. So I will say that it's not every instance of work that I look at that I'm like, wow, that's, that's really beautiful. But I love just the warm vibe of your work. It's, it's got a really nice feel to it. In fact, I'm gonna pull up your uh, Instagram account here for everybody as well so that they can see that on the live stream. Everybody listening, if you go to JC Photography SK, just like the, the website on Instagram, um, you can follow Jasmine there and see her work there as well. But yeah, props to you, Jasmine. Really, really Thanks. nice stuff. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, and we're going to get straight into the conversation today at hand, which um, I, I told you before we got started, I'm pretty excited about because it's at the root of a lot of what I do in the industry at this point, And that is ultimately to help photographers simplify their lives so they have more freedom, more flexibility in their lives. Um, in fact, we actually just did a Boca podcast episode earlier today with another guest on a similar topic. So I love this theme today. 
but um, and, and I'm kind of giving this away, but what is that? You know, we've been doing the series called I Wish I Knew. So having photographers mm -hmm. on the show talking about a big principle or idea that they wish they knew more about when they first got started. I know I've already given it away, but will you go ahead and highlight what that is? Yeah, so um, mine uh, today is I wish I wish I knew wedding photography uh, didn't have to be so complicated. And so like, yeah, so starting out, it was just and, and, and even now, like wedding photography is looked at as like this huge beast in the in the industry and it is a big event. Um, but I think there is a lot of things that get complicated um, about it and kind of uh, it's very subjective as to when you're ready to shoot a wedding and, mm. and everything like that. So um, it's it's still it's. It's a big, it's a big thing, and I, I, I'm so ready to talk about it. I love, I love, love stories. Well, and and it's really an important one to have. I like the way that you framed the conversation, talking about how certain things are they're they're made to be complicated, essentially, right? They're not necessarily actually complicated. It's that, yeah. and by the way, I've been guilty of this a million times over as well. It's that photographers have a tendency of overcomplicating some of those things that we get into. So, yeah, when we look at wedding photography in particular. If, if you're a good wedding photographer, you're a good portrait photographer, a good landscape photographer, a good commercial photographer, architectural photographer, I mean, so many journalistic photography, you're so many things, right? And that in and of itself can be overwhelming. And then you start adding in all the different moving parts of actually running the business, not just taking the pictures. That adds yeah. a whole additional layer. So it could be highly overwhelming to consider. What Was there kind of a turning point in your business, though? I don't whether it was a year in or five years in or whatever mm -hmm. it might have been where you realize, okay, this doesn't have to be so complicated. I can figure out how to simplify it for myself. Totally. Yeah. So um, I'm probably going to like give an answer that people are going to be like, oh, crap. Um, so for me, I would say definitely in um, 2020 okay. when um, the pandemic you know, hit and, and you had to be creative and things like that. But um, that is that that's just my journey. And that's only because of mindset. Mindset is a huge thing besides understanding, obviously, how to run your camera. Mm -hmm. um, I would totally recommend um, practicing in different lighting scenarios because that's just what you come again up against in a wedding for uh, a wedding. But um, as for the biggest thing, mindset and just understanding that like the biggest obstacle that you will ever have is yourself. And so, you know, if, if you feel like you can't shoot weddings, you know, ask yourself, where is that coming from? You know, is that because, you know, you saw something on Instagram that somebody said you need to shoot an X amount of um, you know, weddings, second shooting and X amount of weddings before you're ready or, you know, you, you read a blog on, you know, the type of photographer you need to be, you know, like where, where does that stem from? So the mindset is the biggest thing that when I started to really believe in myself and trust myself and understand that I will be making mistakes um, and I will be learning from them, that's really when I began to enjoy it for what the day is interesting so that is the biggest thing yeah okay. yeah and then client experience is one that too we can talk about a little bit later too yeah well and i know you're going to share some kind of key principles that will help photographers simplify even just their well to your to use your word the mindset about yeah. their photography business how to kind of take away some of that overwhelm okay. and the complication that we may be kind of projecting onto the situation and, and relieve a bit of stress, minimize the overwhelm, and, and hopefully create a little bit of freedom and flexibility. But I want to come back to a point that you made, which was that the kind of turning point for you was the pandemic. What was it about that environment that helped kind of shift mindset? 
Well, I think I th- I think that you know we were all thrown into um, a huge um, situation that we couldn't control, um, and with uh, weddings itself on when there's no pandemic, um, there's so many things about that day that you know that that are out of your control, and you just kind of accept it, and you deal with it, and you you know you put out fires all day long, and it's wonderful. I love it. Um, but with the pandemic, everybody was put in that situation and everybody had to pivot. And, um, you know, it came to the point where you either sit and you dwell on it and you play the, you know, play the victim and ask why, why is this happening to me? Or, or you just roll with it and you look at what can be changed to help my clients have the best day that they they can have despite the circumstances. And mm. that's kind of when I really, really understood that, um, my it's about solving clients problems and my and that's my job and um blocking out all of that noise is uh the best thing to do hmm. so i guess contrast that with the way that you were approaching photography pre-pandemic so i understand like we i think the pandemic did a variety of things for us as a culture and maybe the world at large mm-hmm. i guess as well as, as far as mindset goes some for the good, some unfortunately for the bad. But in this case, this is a really positive shift. And I think a lot of that stems from being in a, in a situation which could potentially be overwhelming and realizing what's most important, right? So when we're talking about this idea yeah. of simplifying mm-hmm. photography, wedding photography even specifically, if we begin, whatever, whatever the reason, in this case it was the pandemic, but if we begin to look through a slightly different lens or filter and we realize what's actually most important and we focus on that, it helps kind of minimize the... I guess the busyness that comes from considering things that in many cases aren't actually that important important to running a photography business or even to taking a good picture or taking care of clients. We focus on what's the most important. So I, that makes sense to me. What did it look like though before the pandemic? Like how were you approaching it pre-pandemic versus what you just described during the pandemic? Yeah, um, I really like that question. Um, so prior to the pandemic, um, I... I was shooting weddings and, and I like shooting weddings. Um, I felt a little bit, uh, a little bit lost in, in the sense of kind of where I wanted my, uh, you know, business to, to go. Okay. Um, it was when I, and I totally recommend this, whether you're a wedding photographer or not, it's really when I started to understand myself and I started to understand uh, my values and my why. And I think that if you are whether in photography or not in photography, and I totally recommend um, you know to to your audience, Nathan, that it's really important to understand your why because you are going to come against um, obstacles. It's just inevitable because it's life, and that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you need to have that focus as to you know why why am I going to keep going? You know why you know why am I doing this? Um, and that when I identified that that made things i almost felt lighter because i felt like um those problems that i you know even like the psychological fears of the what ifs are you know mm-hmm. could happen they didn't seem so big anymore to me you know ah. um there yeah and there's a there's a thing right where where um with wedding photography photographers start to make a list of why they don't want to do wedding photography, right? It's it's the biggest day of somebody's life. What if your camera fails? What if this? What if this? What if this? And rather than saying that, why don't you say, but what if it's great? What if something, you know, great comes about it, mm. you know? And and I, and that is the, the, the biggest thing is the mindset um, on that side, so. Yeah, I, 
I think when again going back to the lessons that we learned from being in the pandemic that what if game that you're talking about is an interesting one and it certainly happens a lot in the photography industry I've done it plenty as well but it would be easy to play that what if game when we're faced with something like a pandemic and we realize oh at any moment something crazy can happen in life like to our lives in general that can really throw it off kilter right and yeah. we don't know how long even for that matter, how long life is even going to last. So living in that what if mindset is so, we realize how limiting it is that we really need to just learn to set aside these fears that we've created in our mind and that we've kind of built up in our mind way bigger than they certainly need to be probably in most cases and figure out, like you said, figure out the solutions or even just look at it from a more positive mindset. And that enables us to be able to move forward and actually live I think that's a lot of what came from the pandemic too, is that idea that like, man, we realized life's short. Something can happen at any point to really throw things off. Let's just like with the time that we've got and what we've got in front of us, the opportunity that's here, let's just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of sucks to say, but um, in my experience within the last um, couple of years, I've actually had a lot of clients um, lose family members that are very close to them and the mm. photos that they that they share on you know social media are the photos that I took and um, that just feels I feel so honored when I see that you know and, it, and, it, and it's at their weddings and, and and again not to sound morbid but you know people only get together for weddings and funerals you know and when you get to be a part of um, such a positive, fun um, environment surrounded by people that love and care about each other. Like that is the coolest thing. Like that is the coolest energy. And if you and if you accept the fact that, um, you know what, somebody's going to be stressed that day. Of course, of course, there's going to be a time delay. Of course, there will be. But we work that into our timeline. You know, like you're going to put out fires all day and that's OK. Um, because that's just part of it. And I think when you accept that, you you just get to really, really enjoy the moment. Mm. And yeah, that's when I really um, figured out that wedding, wedding photography is a huge gift that you can give people. And it's, um, it's something really special that I feel like uh, um, I was meant to serve people with. That's cool. And it is an amazing opportunity. I still think I photograph for weddings for about 10 years. I haven't mm -hmm. shot full time since 2012, though. So it's been some time. And even now I look back at that and I think, man, how lucky was I to get let into the lives of mm -hmm. these people to share in those lives in such an intimate way to be present in those moments to get the photograph. And it all sounds like I'm just spitting out cliche lines, right? But it's yeah. it's true. Like, and I realize more, I guess, as I've aged to the significance of those individual moments because of my own experience in my own life with my own family members and friends and those close to me. Yeah. And the fact that that people chose to just let me in into those moments to, and capture those for them. That's pretty incredible. So it really is an amazing opportunity. I love that you highlight that. Before we get to this kind of practical application, though, for our listeners, would you say that this narrative around complication or wedding photography being complicated or overwhelming, was that, is that something that you were kind of telling yourself? Were you, were you hearing other photographers say that in the industry and in Facebook groups or otherwise? Or like, where does mm -hmm. this narrative come from? Where have you seen it? Mm -hmm. um, well, I think when I... First, I started shooting weddings before I was married. So I think um, 
the the understanding that I had of, of weddings was that it was a chaotic day. And I mean, that that comes from anywhere, right? Like, right. Um, romantic comedies whatever you know just you know things like that so consciously you have Mm -hmm. you you know you have these beliefs about what 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 anything is right um uh and then two then after i was married then i found myself all comparing to my experience and and i felt like maybe you know that helped me a bit um but you know my lack of confidence in myself really um made me really almost like made me find ways to to make up reasons why I wasn't good enough to shoot up mm. to shoot weddings mm. so you know um being like if I um you know what if, what if I'm in a situation where I I don't I don't know how to adjust my camera settings quick enough um what if I uh, miss the first kiss what if I you know just all those what ifs and um nowadays like nowadays i you know i find it kind of um funny when i look back at all of the all of the nonsense kind of excuses that i put out for myself because now it's like okay well um and i'll use the first kiss as an example because yeah that that's a big moment and and you know there's 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 like this huge thing about making sure the um officiant gets out of the way and, and and it's like it ruins the first kiss if the officiant gets out of the way and you know there's there's some situations where the officiant really really tries their their hardest to get out of the way and they just don't make it and yeah. you know and you try to get it in photoshop and it doesn't work and and you can either dwell on the fact or you can be like you know what this was a memory and this is what it is and we're going to put it in color and we're going to put it in black and white mm-hmm. and we're going to deliver it and you know, ultimately, you you don't have control over um, what other people say to you and what other people do. You know, so um, letting go of of uh, all of that um, noise of, of people telling you, you know, how many years you should be shooting before you shoot weddings, or or how many times you should second shoot, or you should offer albums, or you shouldn't offer albums, or you should offer prints. And you know, I, I think um, it comes down to offering what you feel works for you in this season of life and that's the best you can do right you you do the best you do the best that you can do with what you know at the time and so i look back at myself um you know even a year from now and and things that i did a year from now and i think okay i wouldn't do that now but i did it then because that's what i thought was best for me and what did i learn from that so that's cool and that's just a very productive, proactive mindset, which we all need more of. So that this is a good reminder as well. And I appreciate that. And I also like that you're realizing, I guess, ultimately the significance of going with the flow. You know, we, we, we talk, Mm -hmm. we hear this in in our society and culture, um, quite a bit, the, the idea of being in the moment, being present and that notion, Mm -hmm. and I'm still learning this too, by the way, but that, that notion of being present is the idea that we're not worried about the future right? Where yeah. our, our fears about the future are just kind of projections onto the future. We're making stuff up. So we're not worried about the future. We're not dwelling on the past. We are just right here. And we're, we're taking, as you were described, what's coming to us in the moment and going with the flow. And the best photographers in the world are able to do that. And rather than dwelling up here in their head and, and deciding either in the moment or in, even in advance, like this is what it should look like. This is how it should go. And I can only deliver it if it looks this way. I love that you highlight that, that scenario of 
the uh, the minister potentially getting in the way of the kiss yeah. you know like you can't do anything about that the videographer no. gets in the shot you can't do anything oh, about yeah. that so or the guests are up with their phones and they're taking but you, you can't do anything about that you might as well just make the best of it and go with the flow and i i think that really yeah. will help simplify and ultimately minimize overwhelm for photographers i like that that mindset that you're talking about it's hugely important but let's also talk too i, I want to ask kind of the, the last question which has to do with mm -hmm. specific kind of takeaways this mindset is a massive takeaway actually we could almost finish just with that but specific takeaways for photographers who are looking to new photographers who are a bit overwhelmed at the idea of wedding photography maybe just photography in general and they want to mm -hmm. simplify not only the mindset but the way that they approach it practically speaking to minimize that sense of overwhelm you mentioned to me i think that you've got kind of four ideas that you want to share will you share those with us mm -hmm. yeah for sure so um and I, and again, like I, I love, um, the tangible part of, of this podcast cause I, it's so useful. It's something I wish that I had, uh, when I started. Um, so what I have, um, again, the first thing, obviously work on your mindset and, uh, figure out your why and your values. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, a second thing I would just say, really understand your camera. Just, just, um, you know, Christmas is coming up and, you know, you, everybody has all these warm, you know, lights on their Christmas tree. Do some low light shooting at home. Practice that, um, you know, because idea. you're going to be in a bunch of different lighting scenarios, mm -hmm. you know, don't wait until the day to just be like, well, I'll figure it out as it comes. Like, you know, just practice that. Um, and then flash too, like, like, you know, mess around with that. That's um, always something too that I hear all, time and time again that people are um, afraid of and um just just practice that get to know that um and then the other thing is client experience that is something um that i, I think is undervalued and it's a huge part of especially wedding photography because people are investing um a lot more money into into uh, wedding photography so offering a great client experience um giving them what they need solving their problems understanding that it is about them and helping them obviously having your own boundaries but um put yourself in your client's shoes and understand that they have a lot of things going on so solve those problems and uh make their day easy and you're there uh for for them that day and yeah that's that those are the best things that i can that i can say um to start with that's great. And, and I want to, and I was taking notes furiously as you're, as you're talking. So I, I want to kind of jump back to my notes and rehash the, some of these. So we did, we talked about the mindset, establishing your why and your values and let that drive your behavior as a photography business owner. Actually to follow up on that idea, what enabled you to clearly establish when you talk about your values, what does that mean to you as it relates to the photography business and how did you establish those? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so once I started, um, or right before, sorry, I started having uh, kids, I um, dealt with a lot of um, anxiety and I did I did my whole life. I just kind mm. of identified it um, at that point. Um, and then it kind of led on that journey of, um, you know, just self-awareness. So getting, getting to understand yourself. And then from there, you know, identifying what are the three things that, that you um, value the most. And you know what? Um, Google Google a list of uh, like values and, you know, be able to just pick out two or three from there. Your why is one of the um, really important things as well. Why are you doing this thing? For me, I have uh, my kids. Um, 
my kids, my inner child. And then um, I had a cousin that passed away mm. um, in 2009. And so uh, he's my why as well, you know, mm. living my life because he he didn't get the chance to. And, mm. and you know, inner inner child, it's it's kind of like sticking up for that inner child of, of mine that, that, you know, didn't have the tools to do it growing up. And, and I like to say inner child, but it's inner inner child all the way up to to young adult kind of kind of thing so oh, i i hear you um, i'm listen i'm 43 yeah. internally i'm yeah. like 14 still it's, yeah, yeah yeah this idea of of, of age, i think i genuinely think that we're really just like kids with bodies that age and <laughs> yeah. and we like to try to play that down at times but i think we should actually yeah. highlight it and encourage it and we'd just be mm-hmm. better human beings in general for it so i know that's a whole tangent yeah. but i i love that you say that yeah, yeah, totally. And um, like, like I said, uh, you know, if, if you're just like, I don't know where to start to get to know myself and my values, ask yourself first date questions. I did this the other day, you know, hmm. um, just, I don't know, list of 25 questions, Google them, you know, what's your favorite color or uh, what anagram are you, what, you know, and, and then you just kind of like, look for themes and look for th- and, and when you understand yourself, you, you're really able to identify um, all of those things that are going to help you be confident and and thrive in your business and take risks and be okay with taking risks. Is are, For you, your whys that you described, are those one and the same as the values or the values a separate list of, of ideas? Um, no, they all go together. Like, okay. um, free, like, like freedom is one of my values. And, you know, with that, there's like, um, freedom of time, mm. um, you know, things like that. And, and those, and, and those changed actually, those changed, um, because, you know, season of life and now I have kids and my, my time is different. You know, my freedom of time is to be able to spend time with my family. So, mm-hmm. you know, for example, something like in, um, outsourcing, you know, if it's something that I feel like I don't have the time for, or I don't want to learn, but I know I need to get it done or, or whatever, I'll outsource it because um, that aligns with my values. You know, mm. spending an extra couple hundred bucks a month on something that's going to benefit my business, but I don't have the time to, yep. that aligns with my values, you Love know? Um, yeah. And, and then in, in like um, investing in education. Um, if if somebody knows how to do it and, and they're teaching it and um, I'm so willing to invest in it if it's going to help me. You know, that's that that's how my mindset is totally shift on that. And, you know, hey, like change is uncomfortable. You know, if you're uncomfortable, it means that you're doing something right. So mm. think think about that. Yeah, that's pretty compelling to explore. What it, it, It's something that we all need to do. I think more often is I think the tendency, naturally speaking, is for us to if we're uncomfortable with something, we avoid it. Right. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. built into our human genome. Like yeah. something is making us feel pain or at least some level of discomfort, we avoid it for the sake of protecting ourselves. But the reality yeah. in modern culture and certainly first world culture anyway in 2022 is that we don't actually, for the most part, generally speaking, we don't have, we're not running away from tigers, right? So like that level yeah. of intense problem is not in the picture now. So discomfort looks a lot different. And in many cases yeah. in the context of that modern first world culture, discomfort might be an opportunity to one, take a step back and do a little bit of self-analysis, but then look for opportunities to step beyond that discomfort because there might be really cool, well, opportunities on the other side of it. I, I think that's a really important thing to highlight. When you talk about the idea of values, I'm reminded of um, Tony Robbins, who I know is not like a popular character with everybody, but one of the things that he emphasizes in his writing is the significance of values. And mm-hmm. values, as he describes it, are essentially ideals that bring a deep sense of happiness and fulfillment. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, what that looks like is when I think, because I, I, I very much subscribe to this idea as well. I have a list of 12 values, actually, that I review regularly, and I've even defined them very specifically. They're individual words, but then I define what that looks like, what it looks like for me to live them out in my life so that I know oh, when nice. I'm following through on that. But yeah. the way that I came up with those ultimately was thinking, or in part was thinking about what does bring me a sense of fulfillment and joy when I live mm-hmm. a, by a particular ideal, but that ideal is going to generate a sense of emotional response that is strong enough to then generate action. And so those are values to me. Um, time ha- yep. happens to be one of my, my values as well. And the way that I define it, in fact, I'll, I'll pull this up so I can read it exactly just to give you an idea, Jasmine, because I want to relate to you this. on this too. Yep. I, I love that you're yep. highlighting this idea, but the way that I, I define time as a value is anytime I'm maximizing time for the sake of connection, adventure, and rest. So when I think about connection, it's connecting with obviously the important, well, people in general, honestly, but but then also those that are closest to me. Uh, Adventure, Mm -hmm. I like to continue to push myself. I am still a child at heart and in mind. So I like to get out and do crazy stuff and and push myself a bit. And then rest, relaxation, freedom. um, That's kind of what's represented by that notion of of, uh, rest as well. But I think it's important for everybody to, to take the time to establish that list. And, and I like that you suggested yeah. even just coming up with three to begin with. I'm a little extreme mm-hmm. with 12, but like the <laughs> idea of having three ideas in front of you every day that you're trying to represent or live by consistently, I think is, is really great. Uh, it gives us something to work toward and ultimately then to find fulfillment in. So uh, that's great. Yeah. I know we parked there for a long time. I want to get to the next point you made, which is <laughs> the significance of understanding camera. And this really does simplify things for especially new photographers uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to practice at all times so that when you actually go to a portrait session, or you go to a wedding in that moment, you're not then thinking, wait, how do I do that? I have to push this button or I have to do this thing and get here. And where's that on the menu item? It just comes naturally. In fact, I haven't shot. I told you t- full time or well, I guess it's been about 10 years now. I can still, in my mind, to the extent that I almost feel it in my hands, pick up one of my yeah. cameras and go through the functions because I did it so much. It's, it's literally muscle memory, even 10 years later, yeah. right? That's the extent yeah. to which we should be practicing away from an active job so that when we go mm-hmm. to that actual job, we're working with clients, we can just be super comfortable and it just flows, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I totally recommend, like, and, and I'll just tell you a quick story. Like my first wedding, um, uh, the confidence thing was just not there. Um, I, I flipped it to program mode. I don't know how many times because I panicked, you know, and, and so I, and I'm saying that, um, Nathan, just for your listeners to understand that, like, um, you know, don't compare my, uh, 10 years in to, to your maybe first or second year in, you know, um, uh, just just understanding you know the the photographic triangle and uh understanding your calvin is a great uh thing if you want to s- stay on auto white balance i did that for years um calvin's a really cool tool i would look into that and get a full frame camera and get a dual camera slot to ease that uh worry of a memory card failure Oh yeah, the dual card slot. I know that's been a, yeah. a point of contention over the years with cameras or camera companies that have come out with cameras that don't have the dual card slot, um, mm-hmm. some that do. But yeah, those are some some good kind of thinking points for especially new photographers as they're considering getting gear. I think the familiarity of the, of the camera conversation is so important because it really will mitigate 
that sense of overwhelm and anxiety in the moment as we're shooting, if we know exactly what it is that we need to do, even if it means, by the way, and I'm glad that you highlight this too, going to program more or aperture priority. I shot an aperture priority, probably actually the majority of my career. And it wasn't because I didn't understand the significance of manual. I could have gone that route. In fact, I usually when I went to the reception and I was shooting with, with um, light and I wanted to drag the shutter and so forth, I'd go into manual mode because I could just very easily do that. But mm -hmm. I, so I, I would you'd call me a hybrid shooter. I was shooting an aperture priority and manual both. That's but cool. the fact that we have the technology now with these cameras that are just mind blowing, even compared to when I started, the technology mm -hmm. is there where you can just at the flip of a dial or a button, if you need a backup of sorts by the camera to go into program mode, knowing that you could just trust that and rely on it. You don't have to think about it in the moment, knowing how to get to that quickly. Even that is an example of being familiar with your camera. So yeah, I, I love that encouragement for the audience. And then the third point that you meant that you mentioned about learning flash and ultimately learning light also super important. Mm -hmm. And I like, I actually really like the example of practicing with Christmas trees in, in the low light mm -hmm. scenarios, minimal amount of light at nighttime, when you're walking around your house or your apartment, taking advantage of those, those opportunities to just practice nonstop with your, I have, I have my daughter just got a little kitten. So we've got a kitten running around. I can, I'm photographing that thing like Perfect. crazy these days, yeah. but you know, with your, your friends, family objects, cause you're going to be shooting a lot of details as a wedding photographer, just shooting nonstop. So you develop the familiarity that you were talking about, but then you also develop an awareness of, of how the light um, exhibits itself in, in that final image based on shutter speed or the settings in your flash. Yeah. Taking time mm -hmm. to do that over and over and over again. is so important. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, you know, what are you going to do if you, 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 you know, you take a picture and it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted to it, eh, delete it, take another photo. Like, you know, we, you know, it's, it's, it's not a big deal, you know? And, and, and the thing is like at a, at a wedding, um, sometimes like those first dances, they just happen. And sometimes they're 30 seconds because, you know, a couple's only doing it to please their parents, but they really don't want to. So they're going to dance for 30 seconds. So you got, you know, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to get my light all figured out in five seconds here. And, and if it doesn't work all the way I wanted to, then I will fix it in post. You know, that's that just goes through my mind because I'm mm. just like, it's 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 OK. Like why, you know, complicate things and, and you know, and um, I would definitely name that inner saboteur in your head, you know, Karen or whatever you want to name. I shouldn't say Karen because it's probably <laughs> Karen, but you know what I mean. They know what um, mean name yeah. it and acknowledge it and, and just be like, you know what, that's just my, my self-doubt monster coming in mm. and, uh, you know, recognize it and then move on, you know. That's good. Yeah, there's a, there's a book that I'm a huge fan of. Um, there's two versions of it, actually. The most recent one is called Living Untethered by an author mm. named Michael Singer. And he talks about that, that voice inside our head that is yep. at times ever present. You just want to be like, shut up already. <laughs> and, I know. and the reality uh, yeah. is that we tend to give that voice, that narration essentially of our life, that internal narration, way too much credit. And yeah. learning how to be able to engage with it's really important. I'd highly recommend that book for an Eddie and everybody. Have you heard of Michael yeah. Singer before, Jasmine? No, I haven't. But I was going to say my inner, uh, my inner voice is, uh, I'm not going to say what she's named, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it starts with that and it rhymes with itch. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, feel, yeah. absolutely feel you on that. I, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, that book is such a good, it, it was such a good exercise for me. The, the original one's yeah. called, um, untethered soul. And then okay. he wrote a second version of it essentially. And, and, um, it's, it's so, it's so cool to realize that our thoughts aren't something that we have to treat as absolute 
right? That narration yeah. isn't our boss. It's just narration. And what he talks about in the book, not to give too much of it away, but is, is essentially to treat the thought or thoughts as though they are objects. For example, I pick up this mm -hmm. pen that I've been taking notes with. This is an object. It doesn't own me. It doesn't tell me what to do. I get to choose whether or not to engage with it and how long I want to engage with it. So right now I chose to pick it up and I'm going to choose to put it down. And the same yeah. way that I've done that with that pen, I can interact with my thoughts in that very same way. The problem is that so many times we give credence or credit to those thoughts as though they have absolute control over us. And the mm -hmm. reality is they're just objects, much like anything else that we, that we engage with. And mm -hmm. Michael talks about how to essentially make that choice as to how we engage with them versus allowing them to dictate how we run our lives. It's a really, really powerful book. If you don't have a copy of it, I'm going to get that. you a copy too, because it's really, really I cool, really that. good. But I highly recommend it to all of our listeners. Just to touch on the last point here before we finish up, you talked about client mm -hmm. experience um, mm -hmm. and the importance in this effort, again, to kind of minimize overwhelm and, and unnecessary complexity mm -hmm. as photography business owners and even wedding photographers specifically to focus on client experience. And you talk specifically about putting yourself in clients' shoes. I, I think a lot of times photographers, established photographers, by the way, kind of develop an ego and, and whether it's conscious or subconscious, they almost decide what's important versus focusing, as you said, on serving the client, meeting their needs. Can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah. And you know what? It, it, it wasn't until probably the last year that I've actually understood this. I have a, a wonderful business coach. Um, but just, um, understanding that like the problem that you're solving is delivering photos they want mm. somebody to take their picture mm. um even like even if you look at um you know a, a, a website you should be you should be structuring it in a way that um it doesn't talk about oh this is my credentials you know it's not a resume your website it's mm. actually a place for people to go to see, can you solve my problem? You know, I love that. Um, do you have what I need? Because, um, you know, and, and from a marketing standpoint, um, everybody just cares about themselves. And that's not supposed to sound selfish or rude, but that's just the reality is what can you do for me? And, um, and look like wedding photography, you know, understand that when somebody's sending you an inquiry, they're probably sending 10 other photographers the same, you know, inquiry. So if, if their email is short and it, maybe it seems like really vague, don't, don't look at it as like, well, you're just wasting my time. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to respond to you. You know, you, you don't look like my client. It's like, well, you know, maybe they, they feel overwhelmed, you know, maybe they, maybe dig a little bit more and see, and maybe they are your right client or, and maybe they're not, but at least you understand. Um, and then with that, um, just for the whole client experience, um, I recommend, and I um, and I recommend this a lot, is to create a roadmap of all, from inquiry all the way to delivery, mm. and what that looks like, and what what experience do they want? Um, you know, like, um, do you feel that like prints? are uh, a huge importance or do you feel that making it accessible for family and friends around you know the world to be able to see you know um do you want to send a thank you gift for booking do you want to send a thank you gift for um you know after shooting delivering like what what do you want that to look like um and if you're confused you know write a few uh roadmaps out and see which one is going to work best for you you know and and just see 
nowadays for me, I, I like to get photos um, back to my clients as soon as they can when they're in the honeymoon stage, you know, mm. when they're just on this high yeah. of um, uh, uh, from their wedding day. I like to give them gifts because um, I just like gift giving and I like serving. I love to send vendor uh, vendor lists to people because I want to make their day easy. I, you know, I, I want to know their family. I want to, you know, I just want to immerse myself in their experience so they know that they can trust me, um, you know, and they're not worried about, you, you know, what I'm going to do on my wedding on the wedding day, you mm-hmm. know? So I think, um, that is one of the biggest things. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I've dove into that quite a bit this year and I'm really excited about it. I love that. And, and honestly, if we were just to have focused our whole conversation about simplifying lives as photographer or as wedding photographers or just photographers in general, if mm-hmm. you had literally just said this one thing, I think it would have been by itself a wonderful recommendation. Can you solve the problem that I have? If our yeah. whole, the whole experience that we are creating for potential clients and then clients is centered around that one notion, not like you said, writing a 15 paragraph long resume talking about how we like coffee shops and what old camera we used to shoot with <laughs> and all this stuff. It's a cool story. Maybe when you have dinner with your client at some point, cause you become friends and you want to share that story. Awesome. But when they land on that site and they have 15 seconds or even five seconds for you to make an impact on their lives, you need to first tell them quickly and concisely how you are going to solve their problem or meet their particular need and to do so in a way that's different than the other photographers in the marketplace, because you're absolutely right. Those clients, as much as we like to focus on ourselves, those clients are looking at other photographers as well. And those Mm -hmm. other photographers are, even though we are focused more on community over competition in the industry now, that's great. The reality to the client is that these other photographers are competition and they're looking Mm -hmm. at these various photographers and they're making a decision based Mm -hmm. on the presentation, which photographer to go with. Now, there's always Mm -hmm. the extra boost of referrals, but I I think it's great that you highlight the importance of focusing on what that value proposition is. And ultimately, we should be communicating that clearly on the site and then develop or excuse me, deliver an experience that backs that up all the way. That that is just gold. Yeah. Yeah. And like, look, like, you know, if you think of somebody, even like a university professor, they could be the the, the smartest at math in the world or, you know, whatever. But I mean, they could not be a great teacher. You know, they, they, they could deliver some really dry, complicated lessons because they just don't know how how to deliver it to their clients, you know, and that goes with with creatives, you know, you could, you could be published in every magazine and, you know, but then when it comes to client experience, you just don't know how to deliver it. And yeah. that's, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things. And and I think, yeah, like you said, taking the ego out of it and, um, kind of taking yourself off this like big pedestal and, and realize, realize that you're just, you know, you're, you're there to solve somebody's problem. And when somebody feels, you know, respected and they can trust you, um, you're willing to jump in a video chat with them, answer their questions, their concerns, they feel so much better. You know, I have, I've had clients being like, look, I feel so relieved that, uh, you know, you answered these questions and like, of course, like that's what I'm here to do. Whether you book me or not, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Well, yeah, and, and some listening in, and if you're not clear, how this ultimately simplifies our lives as photographers is that we can take all the other BS out of the way and just focus mm-hmm. on that thing, right? That's that's the brilliance of this focus that centers around service and meeting 
the needs of our potential clients versus, uh, yeah, and you're absolutely right, versus putting ourselves on a pedestal and so obsessing with all the things that we as photographers might care about, but have little to do with the actual uh, content or yeah, contentedness of the the end yeah. client and this the experience that we're delivering for them. So that's that's really great too. Well, I know this this episode went a little bit long, Jasmine. I appreciate your patience, <laughs> but I, I think this is I think we hit on a, a lot of really important points, and I appreciate you highlighting all of these as well for the listeners. Will you just remind everyone where they can find and follow you online as well? Yeah, for sure. So um, you can follow me on my uh, Instagram page at uh, JC Photography SK. You can also visit my website, uh, JC Photography SK.com. And there's actually a whole page of resources for photographers to check out, um, including a wedding photography course that would be wonderful for your audience. If I could share that, um, it's super beneficial. So, and if anybody has any questions, like uh, send me a DM. I'm so open to chatting. Cool. And, and I'm, as, as we're talking about that here, I'm just going to pop over to your site real quick. Um, if you, mm -hmm. and for anybody listening in, if you're not live streaming, if you go to jcphotographysk.com, you can see Jasmine's site. Uh, there is a section there called Photographers. I click on that and then, yeah, I can scroll down here and learn about uh, the digital course, Keeping Wedding Photography Simple, How to Book, Shoot, and Deliver Weddings. So make sure that you go check that out. And we'll link to all these resources at newbiepodcast.com. Thanks again, Jasmine. I really appreciate you making time oh. for all of us. Thank you for having me.